Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heath Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach, so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. So Jesus being wearied from his journey... Jesus being weary, Lord, how many know that God do get tired sometimes? He do get tired. He get tired of how we act, how we respond to situations when we know better. Amen? But it says, Jesus being weary of his journey was sitting by the well. It was about the sixth hour. And it says, there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. This is going now. Where am I? Okay. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you? Who gave us the well, and drank of it himself, and his sons, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone, everyone, that means everybody, not just some folks, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Amen? Amen. I know that was a lot to take in. Just to give you a quick little synopsis real quick. This is the woman at the well, the Samaritan. And it's very important the fact that they list the fact that she's a Sumerian because it says even in the scripture that the Sumerians and the Jews really at that time weren't too cool with each other, just to keep it simple. And Jesus has gotten tired and he's sitting by this well and this woman comes to get her water because that's what they did at that time. They would, they would go from different parts of the city to to the central locations of where the well was. So she was coming to get, get the water as they normally do. And she sees Jesus sitting here and he asked her, let me get something to drink. Hook me up. And she was like, knowing that he's a Jew, and he, she said, why are you even talking to me? You're not even supposed to even be conversating with me, let alone asking me for some water. But then Jesus tells her, if you knew who I really was, you would be asking me for the water, not me asking you. If you really knew who I was, yeah, you know I'm a Jew. You identify my heritage and my culture, but you don't identify with who I am truly. Because if you truly identify with who I am, then you would be asking me. 
I wouldn't have to ask you for nothing. And that's what God is saying. If you truly knew who he truly was, then he wouldn't have to ask you for nothing. You would be asking him for everything. Amen. Amen. So then she says, well, how am I to get water from you and you ain't got nothing to take the water with? Still doing what? Walking by what she see. Because she's saying, you don't have nothing. You don't even have a cup. All you got is your hand and the well is deep. You can't reach all the way down in this well with your hand and pull up some water for me to drink. You don't have anything. So how is it, Jesus, that you can give me something? And see, that's what happens a lot of times. We can get so deep down in our situation, so deep down in our mess, that we even sometimes ask God, God, how can you reach down in here to pull me out? It doesn't seem like you got anything in your hand to pull me out. And then she goes on to say, she says, are you, are you greater than Jacob? Meaning, are you greater than what created this well? And that's what we do sometimes in our problems. Are, God, are you really bigger than, than this problem? Are you really? Because I done had this problem for some years. I done had this problem for a long time. These people keep on acting this way. Are you truly greater than this problem? Because if you were God, then wouldn't you solve it? Wouldn't you be able to reach your hand in here and solve it? And then she says, you know, Jacob gave us this well. He even drank of it himself and his son and his cattle. So who, who are you? Who truly are you? Because you're not Jacob. You're not even kin to Jacob as far as I know. So who are you? But then here goes the point of the story what we're talking about today. Because Jesus tells us something right here that's very key. He says, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. What is he saying? Everybody who, he was telling her, Everybody who come to this well, yeah, they're going to get satisfied today. They're going to get whatever they need today. But trust me, they're going to come back. Because you back today. Wasn't you here yesterday? Wasn't you here the day before that? So every time you keep coming back, why are you coming back? Because you're thirsty. But then he says, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. Now you got to imagine, that, that, that flips her mind right there. Because here you are, you at the well. Imagine yourself. Put yourself in this in the, in the situation. You at this well, and this guy's sitting there, and you coming there to get something to drink. Little, little water fountain out there. You go out there to get something to drink, and somebody standing out there and say, "You you keep coming back. You gonna be thirsty again." But if you give, if I let, if you take the water that I have, you won't ever have to be thirsty again. What's your first th What's your first thought about that? Anybody? What's your first thought? Be honest. How you going to do that? Anybody else? Come on, we're going to interact a little bit. Same thing. Anybody else? We're going to interact. Come on. He crazy. Because we're thinking about what? Our physical thirst. Like, what water are you going to give me that is never going to make me thirsty again? Where is that water at? I know it ain't the sunny. I know it ain't Aquafina. Where is that water? That, you know, it ain't Gatorade. What, where is that water that you going to give me that I would never have to thirst again? Well, you got to imagine. She was thinking the same thing. So we got, you got to put yourself in the story when you're reading these things. She had to be thinking the same thing. She was like, where is this water that you're going to give me that I would never thirst again? But that's again, that's where you see the breakthrough. Because the breakthrough comes 
when you understand that he's not talking about water that you drink with your mouth. He's not talking about the water that's, that satiates your thirst or satisfies your thirst. He's not talking about the water that will quench you when your mouth is dry. He's not talking about that water, but that's where the breakthrough occurs. But see, like like Kira alluded to earlier, everybody ain't going to get that. When he talks in parables, see, everybody's not going to get that. He says in the word of God, what? That some things are revealed by what? The spirit. And the spirit searches what? All truth. So see, everything ain't going to be received by everybody. Yes. That's why you, as she said also, you want that relationship. See, she didn't have no relationship with Jesus. She just knew he was a Jew. And his disciples, the ones who had a relationship with him, were not around. So she didn't know who she really was talking to. And he told her that. You don't really know who you're dealing with. You think you know, but you don't know. And that's what we got to tell sometimes to people who kind of check us in a, in a crazy kind of way. You really don't know who you're dealing with. You think you know, but you don't know. Amen. Because if you really knew who you was dealing with, and more importantly, if you know whose you was dealing with, then you wouldn't be messing with me like that. Amen. You know, it's like when you was a little kid, you know, and, you know, you, you, you get in trouble or something outside, you know, and you go, I'm going to go and get my dad. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you grew up in single parent, sometimes mama. Because mama be just as bad <laughs> when you mess with them kids. I done seen plenty of mamas walk outside ready to throw down for their baby. They don't care who out there. I'm swinging on everything. And so that's what he's like. If you know whose you are, you don't care. Okay, I can't handle this fight. I'm going to go and get my dad. I'm going to go and get my mom. And then when I come back out, then you know sometimes when, you, when your mama come back with you, she's like, you either going to beat them up or I'm going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. You ain't finna let them just handle you any kind of way. Well, that's what God is saying sometimes in your life. Come on, you ain't finna just let the devil handle you any kind of way. Come on, let's go back out here outside. Let's go back outside so we can handle this thing. So you can really know and let him know who you are. Amen? Amen. And so then Jesus tells her that I will give you water, but that water I give you, not only will you not thirst again, but the water I give you will become in you a well of water springing up to eternal life. Again, another key nugget there, because not only is this water not ever going to allow you to thirst again, but he's saying that I'm going to deposit it in you. Put it in you. So what does that mean? That means that at that point I'm connected to a source. I'm connected to a source that is, he already said, is never ending. I will never thirst again. But not only, I don't have to go to it. I don't have to go to it because he's saying, you don't have to go to this to this water. It's going to be in you. It's going to be in you. Catch that. Somebody already did. I need the folks over here to catch that. He says it's going to be in you. Amen. In you. In you. See, when you, when you decide to, it ain't just a little thing about, you know, when you do the salvation thing and you accept Christ in your life and, you know, you repent your sins and the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior. That's just the salvation. That's just the beginning part. That's like getting keys to the car. But see, when you start understanding the breakthrough of what the Word of God is saying and saying that the power of God is in you, that's like getting not only the keys to the car, but also driving. See, a lot of us just happy with the keys. But how many know the keys don't serve no purpose until you put them in the ignition? Amen. 
and you start driving with this thing. See, that's how you get breakthrough. Breakthrough is not going, you're not going, if you got keys to a house and you go trying to go over the threshold, you can't go to the threshold holding the keys in your pocket when the door is locked. You got to do what? Stick the key in and turn the, turn the lock. Amen? Amen? And see, he said it's in him and it will become a water springing up to eternal life. Eternal life. When I say, or the word says, eternal life, what does that mean to, you, to somebody? Forever. Forever. Forever, Forever ever? Ever, ever? It's a mighty long time. But no, seriously, I'm asking this question. I'm, I'm asking not rhetorical. I told you I want to interact a little bit. What does that mean when I say eternal life? We all hear it because even in John 3.16 it says what? <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only what? But God and Son, why? So that those who believe what? Shall have everlasting. Everlasting or some translation eternal life. Lord, we got to have Sunday school on. Anyway, it's all good. But eternal life. So what does that mean when, when, when you hear that to you? When you hear eternal life, what does that mean? Forever. Forever. Does it mean you're not going to die? No. What, is, what does it mean? Anybody, come on now, help me. Walk with me. It means you don't die the second death. You don't die the second death since so you're getting deep. Uh-oh. Okay. Anybody else? Always. Well, yeah, we know eternal. It means always. It means forever. Eternal life. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. All those are good answers. See, when God is talking about this thing called eternal life, when he's talking to her and he's saying that I will, he says, you'll have this spring of water that's inside of you that will give you basically eternal life. See, eternity, eternal life, what Jesus is talking about here, and he's not talking about life as we know it as far as, you know, you got an a end and a beginning or beginning and an end. He's saying eternal life. It's not about condition or time. It's about supply. It's about supply. Catch that. That is the breakthrough. That is the breakthrough. He's not talking about condition. See, a lot of us only join the church and we join Christ because we want our life to be good. And then when we get into Christ and we come down to the altar and we say, okay, God, I gave you my life. And then next week, all hell break loose. Then we say, oh, well, I'm tired of being a Christian. <laughs> then nobody tell me about this part. Well, you just engaged in war when you came down here. Did nobody tell you that? You signed up for war. So things might not work out. But eternal life is not about condition. And it's not also about time. It doesn't mean that you live forever. Because in this life, we all know that this body goes away. And as she alluded to, yeah, there, there is a thing called second death. We're not going to really get all the way into that. But you won't die second death. But what God is really talking about right here, and what the breakthrough key is, is that he's talking about supply. Supply. Because he's saying there's something that is inside of you, something that I will deposit into you. When you come to me and you decide to walk with me, when you come to me and decide to eat with me, when you come to me and decide to drink with me, you will not thirst again. Why? Because I will put inside of you an eternal supply. Everything that you ever will need, everything that you ever will hope for, everything that you ever will desire, when we connect, I will deposit in you and it will be an eternal 
supply. Meaning now God becomes what? The source. The source. Once you make that connection and realize that everything else in this world is only a resource and God is the source. God is the source. And then he's talking about this thing called eternal life. See, life, what he's talking about here, he's not talking about the, the original life that God breathed into Adam, which is the Hebrew word hayah. Hayah, he see, that, that means to be quickened. That means to be brought to life. That means to be animated. That means to be brought from death to life. No, what he's talking about here is the word zoe, the Greek word zoe, which means fullness of life. Absolute fullness of life. God is saying there's a source in you that I've deposited in you that will give you absolute fullness of life. Because what does he say in John 10, 10? He says what? The devil came to kill, steal, and what? Destroy. But I came to do what? To give you life. And what? More abundantly. That same word translating that life is zoe. I come to give you zoe, and I give you zoe more abundantly. I come to give you fullness of life, uh, everlasting supply, an eternal source. I come to connect with you and to connect with you abundantly so that it overflows. Amen. Amen. In John 14, it says that he is what? The way, the truth, and life. He's the way, meaning he's going to show you how to walk this thing. He's the truth. There's not going to be a lie in it. There's not going to be a deception in it. And he is the life. He's the life. Again, that same word is the zoe. The zoe. He says that there's a life. So you got to understand what you're connecting to. You got to understand what you're, what you're getting involved with. So you can't just, you can't just, like she said, you can't just, Use these as words. You can't see these as just words. There's no power in it itself of the Logos. The power is in the rhema, meaning the revelation. And the revelation only comes through relationship. You can't get revelation from somebody you don't know. See, there's some people who can tell you about me, but they can't tell you everything about me. See, there's some people who know me as, as only as pastor, and that's all they'll ever call me. But they don't know me as Antonio. They don't know me as Tony. And there's definitely a lot of people that don't know me as Pepe. <laughs> And see, <laughs> she said, thank the Lord. My grandma said, thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah, thank the Lord. You know, a lot of people don't need to know Pepe. Pepe can't be standing up here right now. Amen? But when I hear that name, when I hear that name, I know that that person has a certain relationship with me. And I know that there are certain things that are revealed to those people that are not revealed to the people who know me as pastor. Amen? See, there's a, there's a, there's a revelation that comes through relationship. The same words I say as pastor might be interpreted different when I say them as Pepe or they're heard by the people who know me as Pepe. Amen? Because there's a relationship that's different and that relationship changes the revelation. Mm. Amen? And that's what God is saying. He's saying this relationship you have with me, and, and, and what he's saying is when we, when, we, when we commune, when we talk with each other, it comes through my word true enough. You got to get my word. You got to read my word because that's who I am. Yes. Jesus, is, Jesus ain't only in the red, y'all. 
Jesus is in every book of the Bible. Amen. Every single book. The Old Testament talks about him to come. The New Testament says he's here. And then the rest of it talks about him coming back. So he's in the whole entire thing. He ain't just in the red. You ain't got to just look at the red and know that's Jesus. The whole thing is. Amen. As a matter of fact, turn to 1 John. Turn to 1 John. Because I don't want you just to believe me. But the revelation comes in a relationship. So that's what God is saying. He's saying you got to get this thing through the relationship. You got to get this thing through what I'm saying. Amen. First John chapter five. First John chapter five. And if somebody beat me there, go ahead and read it for me. First John chapter five, verse 12. Don't be scared to read. Because I'm having a hard time getting over there. These pages sticking together on First John chapter 5, please. Ain't nobody there yet. Okay, so. He possesses the Son and that life. He who does not possess the Son of God does not have that life. Read, read that again. He, he who possesses the Son has that life. He who does not possess the Son of God does not have that life. Amen. And I'm going to back it up to 11 real quick. And it says, and the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life. That's the testimony. That's what he told the lady at the well. That's the, that's, that's the story. That's the testimony that God has given us this eternal life, this Zoe. And this life is where? In his son. In his son. Who is his son? We already know this from, from a Sunday school. Who is, who is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is what? The Word incarnate. He's the Word of God. It says what in John, the first, the real John, the original John, it says what in, in the first chapter? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Then it goes on down to 14. talks about what? The Word became what? Flesh. Flesh. So we know that anytime we see Jesus, anytime we talk about the Son of God, we're talking about what? Come on now, somebody make a connection with me. When we see the Son of God, we see Jesus, we can make the connection that we're also talking about what? The Word of God. Word of God. They're one and the same. You can't separate them. They're one and the same. Go back to John if you, if you, if you don't remember that. So we can say right here, it says that this is the testimony. That God has given us an eternal life. He's connected us to this source. He's connected us to who he is. To this thing that will never leave. And this life is in his son. Or this life is in his what? Come on now, help me. This life is in his word. He is he who has the son or he who has the what? Word has the life. He who does not have the Son of God or who does not have the Word of God does not have the life. What is that saying? If you don't have the Word in your life, then you're not going to have life. It's one and the same. But you can't just read the Bible and quote the Scripture. To have the Word in your life, if you truly have the Word in your life, there is no way possible that you can be the same. No way possible. Everybody in this Bible that ever had an encounter with Jesus Christ never left the same way they came. Everybody. Show me one. And I got $100 for you. Show me one. 
They had an encounter with Christ and now and left the same way they came. They might have left. They might now. I know like the the um the I, I can think of one. It might be the technicality, the the, the rich ruler. I gotta keep my hundred dollars in my pocket. <laughs> the rich ruler. But even he changed, but he says, you know, he came, he said, Jesus, I done done all this stuff. I'm a scripture quoter, because he's the most famous scripture quoter. I done kept all the commandments. I done did everything. And then Jesus said, but, but okay, you done did all that, but Jesus went straight to his heart. He said, give away all your money mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and follow me. Mm-hmm. And then it says in the scripture that he walked away with his countenance down, I mean, his face, I mean, he's done change. So that was a change. Because he came all like, yeah, I'm, I'm all this. You know, Jesus is my boy. I know the scriptures inside and out. You ask me anything, I can quote it from, from here till tomorrow. But when Jesus hit him at the heart of the matter, things changed. Amen? So you can't come to Christ and not receive life. You can't come to Christ and not receive the Zoe, the fullness of life. If you keep coming back to that well eventually, you're going to get the water that you came for. But you got to be open to it. You got to have your mouth open. Can't nobody force feed you. Jesus ain't going to hook you up to no IV and intravenously pump his his word of God into you. You got to be willing to receive for yourself. Amen. Amen. So we got to be able to connect to this thing. We got to be able to connect because what you connected to will be sometimes what will either hold you or excel you. You either are going to be connected to something that's dragging you down or something that's propelling you forward. What you connected to will be the determining factor of your life. Adam and the woman in the garden, they decided to disconnect from God and connect it with the word of Satan. And that disconnection from God and connection with the Satan end up taking their life. Because they had fullness of life. They were born into the fullness of life. Everything that they ever wanted. That's why, you know, people down the prosperity gospel is because it was distorted and taught improperly. But the whole thing is, that's what we were originally born into. Prosperity. Everything was already there. God says, I just want you to watch over it. I just want you to be a steward. I just want you to take care of what's mine. But you got to know it's mine. You got to know where it came from. Yes. Don't get it twisted. It don't belong to you. It's just on loan to you. My God. But we get it twisted sometimes. And we think that we get ourselves up out the bed. Or our alarm clock. Or we... You know, we make our own money. You know, forget about the fact that God gives you the right mind and your body and the right health to go to that job. But you think that, no, I make all the money. I make all this. And this is all mine. And therein lies the problem. Turn to Romans chapter 6. There when the disconnection occurs. Romans chapter 6. Somebody tell me how do you think. You can end up disconnecting from God, disconnecting from this source, because He said he, he said it's in you. So I guess I shouldn't use the word of disconnecting because once He deposits it in you, it never leaves. It's just that you end up forgetting, either forgetting that it's there, or you allow things to cover it up, kind of like how the Philistines kept doing with Jacob's well when they kept he would dig them and then they would come and they would put stones and rocks and all that kind of stuff over them so the people couldn't drink from the well. So what 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 is what is what are some things that will 
you think that will cause you to not be able to drink from the well that's inside of you? Sin. Sin. Wow, y'all hear this straight up from the beginning. Somebody must read my notes. Sin. But what kind of sin? Are all sins the same? Are all sins the same? Yes. Don't be scared. Is <laughs> it yes or no question? Yes. Why? Because of sin. What is sin? See, I'm, I'm stretching you today. It ain't going to be all on me today. <laughs> Y'all should have when I had on a suit tag, something was going to be different. <laughs> Y'all said new song was going to be different. Sin is opposite from the word of God. Opposite from the word of God. Anybody else? Yeah. Operating out of the will of God. Yeah. Operating out of the will of God. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? Anybody? Any, one more. Anything else? Anything that contradicts God's holiness. Anything that contradicts God's holiness. I like that. Anything that she said. Anything that contradicts God's holiness. Amen. Contradictory to God's Holiness. That's sin. So that sin can cause us to cover up the whales like the Philistines was doing, cover up the whales that's inside of our body. Like we read about Lazarus, Jesus says, What? You got to remove the rock. You got to remove the rock sometime. We was in Romans, what? Chapter 6. Look at verse 23. Famous scripture. For the wages of sin is death. We don't like to hear that one. But that's the truth. It just is. I'm not trying to beat you up, but it's just what it is. The wages of sin is death. What are wages? Wages is something you get paid for doing. Amen? Yeah. See, God ain't, God ain't trying to send you to hell. He said, I'm just paying you for what you did. Right? That's what wages are, right? You don't get wages for not doing something, right? If you got that kind of job, please let me know because I need an application. If you got a job where you ain't got to do nothing, but yet they still give you wages, please meet me at the service. Please. Because the job I work at to get my wages, they got you like some Hebrew slaves. Amen? He says, for the wages of sin is death. So that means that we've done something. We've had to do something. We had a hand in this thing. We've earned this stuff. But here's the good part. But, but, that's that contradiction. Meaning, okay, yeah, you, can, you, you owe these wages. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The free gift. The free gift. What does that mean? You ain't got to do nothing to get it. Bam. There it is. Over here you did everything and you deserve these wages. But guess what? I got a free gift over here that you can receive. You ain't got to do nothing for it. Matter of fact, you can't do nothing for it. There's nothing that you can ever do for it. It's just going to be freely given to you. And it's the eternal life. But you can't keep doing this over here. Right. You can't keep doing this over here because I'm a just God. I got to render out payment. I got to give payment where payment is due. So you can't be using my grace as a license to sin. I don't want you standing in this line. I don't want you standing in, the, in these ways line. I need you standing over here in the free line where the eternal life is. Where the eternal life. Turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 6. 
Are we seeing this? It says, but the free gift, and it's a gift. That means that he's giving it to you. See, I think a lot of our problems with breakthrough, we just want to receive the things that God has already given us. We connected to this source called God. We connected to this to this infinite source, infinite wisdom, infinite provision, infinite everything. We connected to it, but yet and still we act like we not. Why is that? Why is that? Is it because of the sin? Is it because of what we do? Is it because we stand in the wrong line? Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. It says, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. What is he saying right here? If you sow fleshly desires, fleshly things, things that contradict you from the godliness, things that are that are contrary to the word of God, when you sow those things, that's what you're going to get. You're standing in this wage line over here. He says, but if you sow to the spirit, if you sow to the spirit, how do you sow to the spirit? By reading the word of God. Because we talked about the other week, that the spirit is the word. You can't separate the spirit from the word. They're one and the same. Just like Christ, Jesus is the same as the word. But the spirit is the word too, because guess Guess what? Spirit in the Hebrew means pneuma. Pneuma is like your breath. That's where you get pneumonia. So when you hold your hand up to your mouth and you start speaking, what do you feel on your hand? You feel the breath. I can't separate my breath from my word. God says I can't separate my breath from my word. I can't separate the spirit from my word. So if you want to sow my word from my word, you will reap my word and you will reap eternal life. It is inside this word that where we will get the source. It is inside this word of God where we will have a source, but it's through the relationship. And that's why he says, let us not lose heart in doing good for in due time. In due time. It's an appointed time. Like Kira said earlier, she said, I haven't seen all the promises that God has for my life, but in due time. In due time. That's all I'm here to tell you today. In due time. He says, don't be weary. Because in due time, you shall reap all that you have sown. If you sow in the spirit, you're going to reap that. If you just keep on, don't get weary. Don't get weary in doing good. I know it's hard to do good sometimes, especially for the younger folks, because I've been there, done that. It's hard to do good. Paul even said that, that, that I, even though I want to do right, I find myself doing wrong. Sometimes you're just going to find yourself in wrong. Sometimes you're just going to find yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people doing the wrong thing. You're going to find yourself like that, but you just need to pray, God, let me just get out of this thing, what I'm in right now, if you can just get me out long enough, then help me to get my mind straight, so I don't go back. See, it ain't the fool that, that, that's walking along the road and falls in the hole, it's the fool who walks along the same road and falls in the same hole. 
Did, did you get that? I said it again. Uh-huh. It ain't the fool who falls in the hole when he's walking down the road. Because you might not saw the hole. You might not be familiar with the road. You might not know. Somebody might have pushed you in. You was walking with the wrong people. The fool becomes when you're walking down that same road with those same people and you see that same hole and you fall in. That's when the fool comes. Ain't nobody worried about your mistakes. We all make them, learn from them, grow from them. But when you keep on doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different outcome, then it says that what? That's the definition of insanity. And what you're doing is you're using God's grace in vain. Because you're thinking that when I fall in this hole, God's going to get me out. See, I know when I was growing up, I used to think that my granddaddy could bail me out of anything. Whatever trouble I got in. Except for one time when I found myself sitting behind some bars for a reason. And he kind of let me marinate there. Because I had to learn that I can't get you out of everything. Some things you get yourself into, you're going to have to deal with yourself. Now, luckily, it wasn't nothing bad, so I only sit for a few hours. But how many know those few hours was enough to let me know I ain't ever going back up in here again? (laughs) You ain't got to worry about that. I ain't ever, 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 ever going back up in here. Why you let me sit in here so long? And that was someone saying, God, why you let me sit in here so long? He said, I'm letting you sit in that mess you in right now, not because I don't want you out, not because I don't love you, not because I don't want to take you out. It's because I know if I let you stay in there, you won't ever come back to that again. So when I pull you out, you will know who it was that delivered you from that mess. Amen. And then, see, you got to realize, it says if you sow right here, see, we either going to reflect on the spirit or we're going to reflect on, 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 the, on, on the flesh. See, when you, you got to tap into that, to that thing that's inside of you. The spirit, like we said, is already there. Your mind is the one that has to get convinced. Your mind is the one that sees lack while your spirit sees provision. Your mind is the one that sees sickness while your spirit sees healing. Your mind is the one that sees confusion while your spirit sees order. Your mind is the one that sees war and chaos while your spirit sees peace that transcends all understanding. That's why he says it. I will give you a peace that transcends, means go above all your understanding. You're not even going to be able to understand this peace, so don't even try to understand it. Just tap into the source. Tap into the spring. Tap into the well that's inside of you and pull that peace out. Even in the midst of the situation, even in the midst of the storm, when the storm was on the waters and the disciples saying, God, what you going to do? You going to let us die. Jesus in the back, knocked out, sleep. They wake him up out of sleep. He come up and say, man, what? Y'all little faith. Why does he say y'all little faith? Meaning y'all with me. Y'all walking with me. Y'all dealing with me. Y'all hearing the knowledge. Y'all receiving the knowledge. But yet still, you letting this storm agitate you. Y'all should be asleep just like me. Because if you walk with me enough, if you be with me enough, everything that I am, you are. Every place that I go, you go. Everything that I do, you do. Everything that I am, you are. Don't believe me? Look at this right here. I got this Bible right here, right? God says you put something in you. 
God says in the Bible, if you abide in me and what? I abide in you. So this is this is this is you and, and this is God. And you go into and you go into God like that. So now you're abiding in God and God's abiding in you. You become one in the same. Amen. Right? So everywhere this Bible goes, that, that card I just put in there, go, right? Wherever I go, whatever this Bible go through, if I beat this thing up, guess what? I'm getting beat up with it. If I get lifted up, if Christ get lifted up, I'm lifted up with it. Yeah. If he get bowed down, I bowed down with it. If I get tossed, he's tossed with me. But if he's elevated to the highest destiny, I'm elevated as well. That's why he says, I want to abide. I want you to be in me. I want you to be on my team. Not no fair weather fan. Don't leave me when the times is tough because when the times get better, I want you to be there too. Because you know what? My better is going to be better than anybody else could ever have. But you can't be a fair weather friend. Don't only show up when the times are bad. I need you to be with me all the time. I don't want weekend visitation. I want full custody. Don't just show up on Sunday and open your Bible and then you got to dust it off every other day of the week. Read it all the time. God says, I am in you. I am with you. Turn to John chapter 15. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up right here. Turn to John chapter 15. Are we getting this? See, because your, your mind got to understand that. Your mind has got to understand this. John chapter the, the original John, the one we was, the one we started out, John chapter fifteen, and, and I want to I, I want to show you something real quick right there, because I don't I, I don't want to miss this. Uh, I hope y'all getting this because I, I I want you to have breakthrough, Amen. I need you to have breakthrough because 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 I need to see God operating in people's lives, yeah, Amen. It's easy to have your flesh operate. It ain't no problem to cut somebody out. That's the easiest thing to do. We can come up with words and invent new ones. That's the easiest thing to do. But what God is saying is try the hard way. Try the way that everybody else ain't going to go. Because if you can do, there's, there's, this, there's, this, there's this wealth building term or, or phrase. It says that if you do for five years what most people won't do, You'll be able to do for 10 years what most people can't do. Meaning, if you put away some things, this is they talking about money. Meaning, if you save and you do with your money the way you're supposed to for five years, you, when everybody else is balling and partying and doing everything, when they get ready, in them 10 years, you're going to be able to do stuff that they begging to do. Because they done ran out of money. Well, the same thing applies to the word of God. He says, if you just do for me what everybody else won't do, if you just walk for me the way everybody else won't do, I guarantee you that you'll be able to do some things that everybody else can't do. When it gets down to it. Amen. John chapter 15, verse 1, it says, I am the true vine. Meaning he ain't no lie. It's the truth. True vine. And my father is the vine dresser. The vine dresser means that's just somebody who comes to clean and prune the vine. He's giving a parable here about looking for some people who raise, raise grapes in a vineyard. And he says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it'll bear more. Wow. 
you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. What is all that saying? See, a lot of times this is mistaught, especially verse 2. It says, every branch that is in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And a lot of times that's taught, and it's, it's taught in the standpoint that, well, if you don't bear fruit, God going to cut you away from the vine. He already said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So if he says in one part of his Bible, I will never leave you nor forsake you, then why right here would he say, I'm going to cut you away? The Bible does not contradict itself. Amen. What that word is saying right here is a Greek word, iro, which means to raise up from the ground. So what he's saying right here, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, I will raise up from the ground. What is, the, what is that really saying? See, when, when, you, when they grow grapes and, and on the, in the vineyard, sometimes some of the vines, because vines are very loose, they have no, they have no stability. That's what we are. We have no stability. And sometimes those vines will fall on the ground. But when they fall on the ground, there's no way for the fruit to come out of the vine because it's covered up by the dirt. And so God is saying right here that the vine dresser will come and lift that fruit up off the ground and then they'll put it on a trellis. Y'all know what the trellis is like, basically like a wood thing and it goes up and down from the ground and the vine will grow up the trellis. How many know that the trellis also most of the time is shaped like crosses? You notice that. So what does that mean? Think about what this, this phrase is saying. He's saying that if you're not bearing fruit right now, if you're not doing what you call to do right now, it, it might be because you buried in the dirt. It might be because you buried under some situations, under some circumstances. But what I'm going to do as God, as the great vine dress I am, I'm going to lift you up out of the dirt. I'm going to pull you up out of the dirt and hang you on a trellis, put you on a cross. Meaning there's some things that you're going to have to die to. There's some things you're going to have to let go as my son did. But once you let those things go, after I have pulled you up, then you will bear fruit then you will bear fruit because you'll be reconnected to the source. You will be put back into your right purpose. And then he says right here also, for the ones that are already bearing fruit, I'm going to prune you. Wow. That seems kind of harsh. But he says, why? So that you can bear more. So that you can give more fruit. See, don't worry about it. Sometimes that pruning that you're going through, that stripping away that you're going through, your friends talking about you, they leaving you, your job leaving you, your folks leaving you, everything seems like you're losing everything. God says, I'm just pruning you so that you can bear more. I'm just pruning you so that you can give out more. There's more I need from you. There's more that's inside of you. But you don't recognize it because you got all this growth around you. You got all this entanglement around you. You got all these attachments around you. So I got to cut all that stuff away so that you can bear more. Amen. Amen. So that you can bear more. So that you can bear more. Lastly, right here, turn to, turn to Second Peter. And this is it. Second Peter. This is it right here. We going home on this one. Second Peter, first chapter, first chapter. Second Peter, first chapter. Second Peter, first chapter says. I'm starting the first verse. It says to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied. To you 
in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. What is all that saying? He's saying that you got to see this divine power. That divine is that dunamis power, that God-like power that has granted us everything pertaining to life, that Zoe. He's granted us everything. He said it in the beginning. It was a free gift. You, he's giving it to you. You come to this well, you ain't got to drink, be thirsty again. I will give you everything, everything. And he says pertaining to godliness. Godliness. See, a lot of us try to get holy and godly without God, and then we say, well, I won't come to God. I won't come to church. I won't do these things until I get right, and then I'll come. No, God is saying that it's only through coming to me that you can get the godliness. It's only coming to me that you can get the holiness. Holiness is not a root. It's a fruit. It's something that you bear after relationship with me. Amen. Amen. See, what we got to understand right here, what we got to see right here is something that, if you don't get nothing else out of what I said, this is what I'm going to close with right here. Catch this statement. If you got to, write it down. This will sum it all up. Life will give you a breakthrough. Your life will break through. It will change when you realize that you got to live from God instead of for God. I say that again. Breakthrough comes. This is what the woman was trying, what God was trying to give a woman at the well. He says, live from me instead of for me. And what do I mean by that? You say, you saying he's going to live for God? That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it will be very hard for you to live for God if you never live from God. What do I mean by that? If you never connect to the source, if you never plug fully in and receive all that he is, if you never fully come in to who he is, it will be hard to live for him. It will become hard to do the right thing. It will become hard to do what you're supposed to do. It will become hard to not cuss them out. It will become hard to not knock them out. It will become hard to not cheat. It will become hard to not try to get away with things. It'll be hard to forgive. He says, but if you live from me, that's just like a toaster. It'll be hard for a toaster to produce toast if it ain't plugged into the electric socket. It'll be hard. You can put bread all in that toaster all day long. It will not produce toast if it's not plugged in to the source of power. God is saying you got to stay plugged in to the source of power so that you can produce what I have called you to produce. And so through that, you will recognize that you have something inside of you that nobody can ever take away. The thing that I have put in you, no man can take away. He said that's why you have a joy that the world didn't give you and the world can't take away. That's why you have something in you that no matter what you're going through, if you just look inside, you will find it and you will see who I am and you will know who I am and you will have a peace that will go above everything that you can ever understand. But you got to connect to 
am the source. You got to know who I am. You got to walk with me. You got to have a relationship with me.